Okay, we're going to begin. This story is called The Achilles Tendon Went Bang. It's taken from It's a Rum Life, Book 4, Volume 2, Northcote, 1998-2008. We had booked one of our week's holiday on Osprey, a shared ownership narrowboat, for the February of 2008, and picked up the boat at Stockton one Saturday morning. Saturday evening we spent on Osprey in company of Ruth's long-time friend Margaret, who lives at Napton on the hill. It had taken only a couple of hours to get there and Margaret lived quite le- quite close to the main canal system. Ruth had not had the chance to talk to Margaret for many years and so the evening ran on until late-ish. Margaret's last words were, If you ever need any help, you know where I am. Next morning saw us running down to Braunston with the intention of turning left onto the North Oxford Canal. We had not topped up for water at Stockton, so seeing a convenient tap just outside the Chandlers and almost opposite the way we had come, I decided to stop. The wind was something I had not encountered earlier in the day, and just on that very corner it was like a turbine. It swept between the buildings of the Chandlers' premises and began pushing the boat away from the bank just as I had judged my distance and speed to allow for gently coming alongside the wharf. I was on the point of stepping ashore when the boat began to drift away from the bank. It was decision time. Did I go back under power and start all over again, or could I make it to the bank with a small leap? Then the wind increased in strength, and the small leap became larger. I really believed I could still make it, so grabbing a mooring rope, I leapt for the bank. Woe is me, it was the wrong decision. I had plenty of momentum, but insufficient lift. My right foot touched the bankside at the top of the modern cement, but only just under my toes. All the weight of my magnificent leap came onto the toes and pushed down. I still had plenty of momentum, but it was downwards. The pressure on those toes was immense and pushed my whole foot downwards with the toes still firmly on the edge of the wharf. My heel went lower until there was an almighty bang, just like a shotgun. With that, my momentum had carried me onto the bank and I tumbled forward onto my knees and rolled over. I still had that mooring rope in my hand and the boat was still trying to get away with the wind pushing hard. I stood and found something strange. My right foot would not do as it was told. I was just wobbling about, only half under control. I did manage to moor the boat and gave Ruth a shout. Water for the boat became secondary to my mobility problem. We sat together on the foredeck and talked it over. Right foot was just wobbling about on the end of my leg. Achilles tendon had gone. That was certain by now. There was no pain whatever, or any distress with the injury, just incapacity. OK, the plan of action was first contact the boat management company and ask for help. This was one instance when a shared boat with backup would really be of help. 
Quite quickly, we were told that a helper would be at the main Braunston boatyard within an hour. And could we get that far? I was, in fact, only about half a mile, and we managed that. Next, we decided to contract Margaret and ask for her help. She was bell-ringing, it being Sunday morning, but she would help and be with us soon after midday. Our helper from the boat management company said he would take the boat back to its base at Stockton for us. In the meantime, he took Ruth back to Stockton in his car so Ruth could collect ours. This gave him his own transport there for when he eventually arrived back with the boat. Margaret arrived and after one look at my drooping foot said I would be laid up for four months minimum. Margaret, by the way, had been Ruth's boss as a sister in charge of a large general hospital operating theatre suite. She knew what she was talking about. She also recommended that we drove straight back to Lincolnshire and reported in at our local hospital first thing next day. After loading all our worldly goods, there was a whole week of food and drink as we had only been on board the boat barely a day clothes etc for the week and three dogs and dog food of course. Ruth drove home and we decided on Louth Hospital as they had been brilliant with my escapades of the dislocated shoulder a few years earlier. The next morning we departed to Louth and arrived at the outpatients department. (laughs) We were met by a very welcoming sister in charge. See, she took one look at my foot and after demanding I stood on my toes, which of course was impossible, declared exactly the same, almost word for word, of what Margaret had told us, four months minimum. She also said that as I was very active, riding horses and jumping off boats, etc., I should demand an operation of the consultant when I eventually got to see him. I left the hospital with a plaster from foot to top of thigh and an appointment to the consultant's clinic the next day, Tuesday. He looked at me and said, two options, plaster or operation. I said rapidly, declaring that I needed the better option as my everyday life depended on my mobility. He relented and agreed to my having an operation to repair the tendon. I suppose you'd better go straight away, he agreed. Lincoln Hospital was informed of my likely arrival and an ambulance duly ordered after Ruth briskly informed them that she was not fit enough to drive me there on her own. It turned out that the ambulance driver had been one of Ruth's Cub Scouts when he was a youngster and all the way to Lincoln he and I recounted tales of his father who had lived just two doors down from our first home in Boston. Wednesday morning, in one of two men's surgical wards at Lincoln County Hospital, I was told that I would be nil by mouth that day, as it was likely I would be operated on that afternoon. The notice was duly posted above my bed. That afternoon, there was a major accident in the area, and I was bumped off the list. Thursday dawned, and I was once more nil by mouth. That afternoon something else happened to delay my operation and a young man entered the ward who spent the rest of the evening and night demanding morphine for his supposed pain. Friday came and I thought, third time lucky. But it was not to be. 
and I felt I'd lost pounds in weight, just laying in bed and eating just one meal a day. On Saturday, I told the staff I might as well go home for the weekend. But they said, no, the operating theatre works seven days a week. They were sure I'd be on the list that day. Nil by mouth once again. This time it worked. At about 2pm, two burly chaps arrived and wheeled me down to the theatre. I was quickly prepared and duly put to sleep. I was fortunate to arrive back in my bed for the evening meal and consequently on the Sunday morning the surgeon told me that provided I could manipulate crutches to the satisfaction of the physiotherapist when he came round, I could go home. It was my first time on crutches but I did manage and never did get to enjoy a midday meal at Lincoln County Hospital. Then began seven weeks in of leg in plaster, crutches, moon boots and outpatient appointments. I was still very fit at 65 years old with working mucking out horses every day so the crutches were no great problem. I even mastered going up and down narrow steep stairs using the crutches in both directions. When it came time for the moon boots that was a different matter. Walking in them was okay. But when the consultant told me I had to wear them when I slept in bed too, that was very difficult. The inside of the boot was inflatable in three different places, upper leg, lower leg and foot. The whole, MP and the whole held in place by strong Velcro fastenings. It had an inner heel wedge which was changed week by week to allow my tendon to gradually adapt to the heel being flat to the ground. I could walk with this using a stick. I did take the boot off to get washed, but had to put it straight back on again. Four weeks in the moon boot was so frustrating, but at the, in the end my tendon was as good as new. Weekly visits to the outpatients at Lincoln, Lincoln County Hospital was amusing as Ruth did not like driving, and had a problem with her left shoulder, which was brought on by pushing her arm backwards to change gear. So she worked the clutch and I changed the gear lever. I was not clear to drive until the end of July that year. I had to stop work as being off my feet, uh, not just the horse centre work but my own income producing driving job, own income producing driving job which was due to start in June and run for two months. Ruth persuaded me it was time to retire and so I did. There was plenty of sitting around to, to, to find a likely big second trailer on eBay uh, so that we could start our move to France. We also found a second-hand Citroen van to pull it and carry the dogs in their travel tents. Now we move on to those various journeys and the consequent capers, each so individually different. There we are. Hope you enjoyed that story brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. You can read more stories on Keith Sanders is the storyman.wordpress.com. Lots more free audio stories on this Buzzsprout site. And there are over 50 free videos to watch, including lots of horse videos, on Keith Sanders, the short story man, on YouTube. There's a shop. This is important. 
all the stories you read or listen to, we compile into books. There are three books available now. Uh, the They're easily down, downloadable from the internet. They're not expensive. And uh, there we are. Have a look on the site. richardkeithsanders.sells.com Thank you for listening.